Welcome back to another episode of Inside Inside Sales. Brought to you by our sponsor, Vanilla Soft, with your host, Daryl Prale. Join us as we interview industry experts in the dramatically growing field of inside sales and sales development. Tune in as Daryl brings you actionable strategies and tactics that can immediately increase your sales and success. So you ready? Hey, Daryl. Hey there, guys and gals. This is Daryl Prell. Welcome to another episode of Inside Inside Sales, the only podcast dedicated to making sure every single sales development rep gets the tactical, practical, pragmatic, actionable advice they need to succeed in their job. There is no discussion of strategy, vision, execution, all those wonderful management buzzwords. That doesn't happen here. It's all about making sure my guests and I and you I'll hang around talking about the stuff that we encounter every single day and what we can do to make our lives better and to make our success and our careers more bountiful. Welcome to this episode. Let me introduce you to Benjamin Dennehy. Benjamin, how are you, sir? I am very good, Daryl. Thanks for having me back. So I want to talk about a couple of things. Let me set the stage for our audience. If you don't follow Benjamin, he recently did a a rather impressive piece of a social media showmanship where he posted a video where, and, and this is what I love about it. I love, Benjamin, that you did this as a two-part video. He did a video where he was actually put on the spot to make a cold call because Benjamin, well, he is a couple things. He is a world-class sales trainer. He's also known as the UK's most hated sales trainer. And trust me, that is a well-earned moniker. He was recording a podcast and I'll let him tell a story here shortly, but he was put on the spot to actually make a cold call. Just like all of you are asked to do on a recurring regular basis. Some of you are more inclined to accept that challenge than others because, hey, the phone sometimes is not fun for many. And he was put on the spot. And in the first part of the video, it shows the lead up to that and the conversation going on. And then it shows him dialing and the phone ringing. And then the individual answers the phone and boom, he stops the video. And it's the classic tune in tomorrow to see what happens. I mean, talk about milking the social media platform. It was a masterclass in how to do it. And then, of course, the next day he issues the actual video where you see what happens. And I know that video has been like through the roof viral, well in excess of 100,000 uh, views at this moment in time and growing. It's all the buzz. I'm hearing about it from everybody who's in the sales community. Did you see Benjamin's video? But let me bring it back full circle for you, Benjamin. Talk to the audience about what happened, you know, what was going on that led to that, and what was that like for you? Yeah, so I was invited to appear on a video podcast, just me and uh, three other business owners discussing business. And as so often happens, because I have a reputation for, you know, being a pretty good sales trainer and also being a telephone prospecting evangelist. I believe in using the phone because I believe it's effective. So I always get put on the spot and people say, can you make a call for us? So I was under, you know, a bit of pressure. You got three guys there, a cameraman and a sound man. And they're all watching me. And they want me to make a call. Yeah, This proves how uh, 
how hurt salespeople are and how beaten up and how miserable they feel. Because a lot of people said, well, well, that was easy because they gave you the mobile number of the managing director. And, and for the purposes of the video, we had to make a call that you could record. So it wasn't watch Benjamin try and get past gatekeepers. It's watch what Benjamin does when he actually talks to a decision maker, a, a, a managing director. So they gave me the mobile number of a managing director. Now, we'd never spoken before. He didn't know I was calling. I, I've never met him. So I just phoned him up and I did what I teach people to do. Now, I often write about what you should do and people read what I write and say, there's no way that would work in the real world. You can't say that. You can't behave like that. You can't do that. So I thought, well, I'll show you. And it went textbook. I mean, when I watched the video back the first time, I said, no one's going to believe this is Yeah, it was on stage because it went so well. It I told totally it with you. And it went smoothly. And now I'm a perfectionist. I can see all the things I did wrong, actually, in that video, which most people think it went, you know, really well. I can see all the things I didn't do well, but that's a whole other podcast. So effectively, I did everything that I preach. And there's a saying, isn't there? And, and, and it's a very powerful saying. They say, those that do, do. Those that can't teach. Well, I wanted to demonstrate that that is not always true. I accept that it happens a lot. Most academics can't actually apply what they do in the real world. But I do everything I teach and I teach and I teach everything that I do. I don't ask people to do anything that I wouldn't do myself. And this this video, I think that is why it's been so popular. Because if you read the comments, the theme that underpins virtually most of them is it's so good to see an alleged expert or a su supposed trainer doing exactly the thing he says you should do. So that's why it's been so powerful. Not maybe because of the call, but the fact that I've done everything I said you should. Well, I think part of the reason it wasn't so well received too, to your point, you make the point just now where you were saying you did everything that no one wants to do, right? The style, the approach. Mm. Yet for someone like myself who receives these calls on a regular recurring basis, I loved everything about your approach because your approach was direct. It was to the point. For example, I won't give everything away, but one of the first things you say is, you know, when the, when the fellow answers, you say, Hi, I'll be honest with you. This is a sales call. I'm paraphrasing. You did it much better. But you put it out there right away. Do you want to continue this conversation? You didn't do hi. You didn't do hello. You didn't do how are you? What's the weather like? Did you see the game last night? And in fact, you were like a, a minute, minute and a half in before the fellow finally said, I'm sorry, I missed your name. What was it? And the funny part was it's because you hadn't even given the name. He thought he'd missed your name and you, you hadn't given it. So that was the first part. You went like right to the point, which me, I love. No pleasantries. I mean, we all well, know what actually, this is. It's not just you. It's every bloody human being out there that receives a phone call. I mean, salespeople are their own worst enemy. I've never met a more desperate bunch of people. You know, I call sales Tinder for ugly people because they actually get paid to meet strangers. And what they do is they phone people up and they start off a conversation with fake sincerity. Never ask someone how they're doing. Why? You don't care about the answer. They know you don't care about the answer. Now you've just annoyed me and everybody yeah. knows it. So go straight and look, I'll be up front with you. This is a sales call. Can I have 30 seconds or do you want to hang up? Now, if they say yes and hang up, you move on to the next person. You don't say, oh, well, that was a waste of time. No, you've just got rid of someone quickly. Focus on people that want to talk to you. Move and, on. And think about that, right, from a sales point of view, because often it's a numbers game, right? So 
if you can get in and out of that within 30 seconds, hi, you know, do you, as a sales call, do you have 30 seconds, yes or no? And they say, no, fair enough, have a great day, boom, hang up. Well, let me done. ask you, one of the fundamental reasons why people hate prospecting calls is, is that the salesperson never actually gets permission to talk to you. They phone you up, they interrupt you, they ask you how you're doing, and then they vomit on you for about 30 seconds. Now, with my approach, I actually ask them, do you want to hang up? If they say no, it's no longer a cold call, is it? No, it's not. And in fact, what you've got is you've got you've got their permission, and they have voluntarily exactly. given you permission. That's why they listen, and that's why they engage, as opposed to you phoning up and vomiting on them. I mean, I often have to say to sales reps that phone me, "It's okay to take a breath, mate." Yeah, it's true because they're trying to get through it just to pray and hope that the, the mess yeah, something like the, pastor, the pray and spray yes exactly <laughs> now the thing that's interesting about your approach on that one was you you just didn't give them a chance to to bail on that call in that first few seconds you gave them a chance over and over again to bail on that throughout. call throughout yes throughout and uh, because as long as the call remains permission based they can't get upset or angry and, and this is the other problem that salespeople have is they often say prospects are angry or mean or rude or they give them short shrift yeah that's because you take them there this guy couldn't get upset with me because throughout it i kept saying is it okay if i talk for a bit longer is it okay every time i got permission he said yes and even when he agreed to meet and I said, you're not, can I ask you a question? I said, look, you're not going to hang up. Is there any reason you're going to have to cancel on me? You're not going to hang up the phone and think, oh, my goodness, what have I just done? I booked a meeting with a salesman. And he said, no, 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 I've agreed to it. Yeah, He'll never cancel. They don't cancel when they do that. And this is what I don't want to spend my life booking appointments for people that actually 10 minutes after they've hung up say, well, I'll just forget that. I'll just ignore that. Yeah. What's the point? I'll, I'll go sign my email. I'll, I'll stop returning phone calls. And you see all mm. these videos online of sales reps who have actually done the cold call and, the, and it's been almost a hostile back and forth. And they yes. wear them down and they yes. start bullying them. And then they hang up the call and they're like, ah, I got, I got the deal. I'm a rock star sales rep. Yeah. When the reality it's is, painful. you and I both know that there'll never be a second call. It'll never, it'll never happen. There'll be no call. There'll be no meeting. They're busy fools. They're working hard and achieving nothing. And uh, trust me, I mean, you can maybe badger an old uh, lady or someone at home into meeting you, but you try doing that with a managing director, someone who's actually successful, intelligent, and is confident in their own right. You try doing that to an MD. You ain't going to get anywhere. It doesn't work. It's not repeatable. It's not replicable. So don't do it. So what you guys need to do is you need to go on LinkedIn if you don't follow Benjamin and you need to go to, you know, find him, Benjamin Dennehy, and uh, you'll the know UK's it. Most hated sales the UK's trainer. most hated sales trainer. He's got his brand down pat, that's for sure. And you'll see his posts. Go there, watch the video. This thing is, it's it's incredible. And it is just a masterclass on what to do. And it's a, it's a short little video to watch, candidly. This call takes only a handful of minutes. Now, I'm, I'm going to segue over to shall we say today's most heated back and forth in the industry which is cold calling which is very 1980s i'm being cheeky to social selling which is the way to be selling today and there are two how you want to call it there, there's two camps one is pro cold millennials versus grown-ups yes yeah <laughs> And this is why he's the UK's most hated sales trainer. So um, you're right. So there's two camps. And what's been interesting 
If, if you're the rock star, if you will, because you're very vocal about the power of the phone and, and your video demonstrates that. And then there's others, and I'm going to use Dan Disney. So Dan Disney, if you don't know Dan Disney, folks, he's going to be on an episode here in a couple of weeks. He is the poster child for social selling. He's also in the UK. He's approaching 500,000 followers this year. Uh, he speaks like freaking everywhere. And so now you challenged him. You challenged him. So t- share with us, the audience, what your challenge was for him. Well, uh, I just want to get a couple of things out there. Look, TV is media. Radio is media. Newspaper is media. We have never once called putting content out on those mediums selling. It's called advertising. It's called marketing. It's called brand awareness. So the biggest issue I have is the term social selling is a made-up concept. It doesn't exist. I use LinkedIn. It is a social media platform. I get that. But everything I put out is marketing. It's advertising. It is not selling. And that's my big bugbear. So they're going around telling SDRs and salespeople, well, all you need to do is spend your time prospecting on LinkedIn and, 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 and you'll sell stuff. Well, no, you actually have to talk to a human being. And the skill in talking to a human being is what sells stuff. If you're simply driving somebody to a website to place an order, well, that's fine. But if that's not your industry, if you actually have to talk to a human being, you're in the selling business. And so social selling is not a word. It's an actual made-up concept. It's social marketing. My challenge was, therefore, to Dan, I managed in seven minutes knowing nothing about this person. All I had was his name and phone number. I didn't know anything about his business. I didn't know. I didn't even know where he was based. Well, I was able to phone this person up, get him to tell me he had a problem, and actually express that potentially I could help him. I couldn't guarantee I could, but maybe. And by the end of it, he felt confident enough in me to invite me in to come and talk about that problem. It took about seven minutes, and I had no engagement with him prior to that. So I'd like Dan, using social media, to do the same thing. Put out a post or a blog or whatever piece of content he wants, and within a space of seven minutes, have it picked up by a managing director who then agrees to meet with him. And that's I'd the like point. to see that done. Now, people will say, well, that starts the conversation. And then eventually, you know, I can get an appointment. And I may even book that appointment through a back and forth exchange that might be, you know, direct messages or maybe it goes offline to email. But without that, that's just another way, another channel to access that individual. And I don't think anybody disagrees that it is a channel. But I, your point. It is a channel. Without doubt, it's a channel. Yeah, and exactly. But there is it's no selling channel. involved, is there? I mean, that's the point. It's, Even Dan exactly. and I have gotten it's, into it. Social marketing. It's social marketing. It is not selling. Picking up the phone isn't selling. It's prospecting. My job is to get an appointment with a decision maker. I'm not selling anything. You could say, well, you're selling the appointment if you want to be facetious. But at the end of the day, I'm trying to reach out to an individual who may or may not have problems I can fix, but he's willing to explore further. But you want people to engage with you, so they either email you directly for you to pick up the phone, or they phone you, or they ask you to phone them. At some point, you have to talk to the human. And hiding from doing this proactively is going to mean that when you do get these opportunities to talk to a human, you're probably going to screw it up because you don't know what to do on the phone. Because guess what? There's no pause. There's no edit. There's no delete function on the phone. It's not safe. It's hard. And this is why 
people who promote social selling, selling a bit of a, uh, what do you call it, a placebo to, to SDRs. Uh, uh, they're saying it makes selling easier. It doesn't actually. It makes it harder because one day you're going to have to talk to a person and you're not going to have the benefit of being a keyboard warrior to help you. <laughs> All right, so that's probably a good segue because what we just kind of said is they're both channels. The phone is a channel, social is a channel, but Benjamin here is advocating that you're not going to be selling anything on social, which means you eventually have to get to the phone. Whether you like it or not, that is in your future. It's going to happen. So we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about preparing for that call. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. CRM was designed for managing relationships. Sales engagement is designed for starting them. Current stats indicate that sales reps only contact new leads about 50% of the time and make less than two attempts to contact them. And they're only about 35% productive. CRM is the wrong tool to engage sales prospects. VanillaSoft is an engagement platform. It allows you to rapidly turn marketing qualified leads into sales qualified leads. According to user reviews, VanillaSoft will increase your pipeline and productivity by three times or more by ensuring each new sales lead is engaged within seconds persistently and with the cadence that's optimal for your prospects. Don't let your sales leads fall into a black hole. Take your lead engagement and sales qualification out of your CRM. Try VanillaSoft for free at VanillaSoft.com. Okay, so let's talk about preparing for the call. Again, your video, you had no prep. You said clearly you all you had was a name and you had a number. You didn't know where it was located. You, yes, in this case, particular case, you were past the gatekeeper, but that was it. You had to talk to the actual, shall we say, the veto, the very important top officer, you know, whatever you want to call it. A lot of people will spend a lot of time doing a lot of research, LinkedIn, Navigator, Google, social media, whatever, looking for ways to understand their pains and their challenges, looking for ways to connect with them. Oh, you're a big skier or you're a football fan or whatever it might be uh, before they ever even dial. Talk to me. What advice, what lessons can you give our audience on how to successfully prepare for a call? If you know your market, if you know the people that buy your stuff, so I know who buys my stuff. It's managing directors and CEOs, maybe uh, a business development directors, but they normally need to get permission from their boss. So at the end of the day, I know who I need to talk to. If you know who your audience, if you sell widgets, then you probably want to talk to the head of widgets at a company that you're calling. So you don't need to research him. You know who he is. You also know what it is that you fix. You don't need to research a company to figure that out. You know what you fix. If this head of widget has these problems, then he may want to meet with me. Why do I have to spend any time researching them other than to avoid doing my job? I never research any company. I just have the name of the MD, the company name, which is helpful, and a phone number. And all I do is I talk about the things I fix that I know the person I'm talking to is likely to or should be suffering from. If he says, I don't have any of those, I move on. If he says, yes, I have one of those or I have two of those, then we keep talking. You don't need to do any research. And so I agree with you. And I'm going to circle back to that. But if you want proof of this, if you watch his video, you'll see he does exactly this. And I'm paraphrasing. One of the things... 
once you got permission to have that 30 seconds, you shared that people will work with me. They'll engage with me when they suffer from usually one of three problems. Problem number one, problem number two, or problem number three. Is that an area that you can perhaps acknowledge that you have a problem in and well actually no no this is this is key i actually never ask them if they have the problem i do the exact opposite okay i once i've listed the problems i then plant a question which makes them have to say yes or no and the question's phrased in the negative i go but i get the feeling you're gonna tell me you don't have any of these so i recall you doing that and the funny part was when i saw that because i was studying you I thought what you were subtly doing was trying to give him, shall we say, an excuse to bail. Because the logical yeah. answer is to say, well, no, of course I got, I mean, everybody's got a problem to some degree in all those areas. So it was almost like a reverse well, logic. So had he said, you're right, I don't have any of those, two things go through my head. One, this may be a guy that I actually can't help. So I'm qualifying them out pretty quickly. The next thing I'll say is, you know, the next thing is by phrasing a question in the negative, you're not trapped in a corner. So when I say, I have a feeling you're going to tell me none of the supplies, when he says, well, no, they don't, I go, I thought so. You see, so I'm not trapped. And then I can say, well, look, I'm going to let you go. But before I do, can I ask one last question? You know, do Columbo, go Columbo on them. Yeah, yeah. And they always say, yeah, sure. I go, look, look no sales team's perfect. No sales process is perfect. If you could wave a wand and fix one thing that would make your life better, do you mind sharing with me what that would be? Now, they either give me a new one or they say nothing. I'm perfectly happy. Sales are through the roof. I love my guys. Couldn't be better. In that case, sir, I'm actually not going to fight with you. I'm going to move on to the next prospect. A Which qualified no is a good outcome. Yeah, absolutely. And your time is valuable and away you go. And what was interesting yeah. in that call, if I recall correctly, he didn't have any of the first three you gave him. In the end, I think his issue was productivity, which was not one of the three you gave him. Um, no, he gave me his own pain without yes. me even raising it. Yes. Yeah. And so that was brilliant. And, and so I guess that, that negative question, you kind of, I assume you don't have these problems. He can either say, no, I don't have them. Or, but in his case, I believe he said, well, actually, my problem is productivity. And you're Even better. So either way, the question gets him talking. Because if I said, I bet you've got those, and then he says, no, where do I go from there? Right. So full circle, I said I'd come back on this part. And yeah. I agree with you. I agree. That, and my biggest beef is that I watch sales reps spending all this time researching. And I'm like, to what end? If you know your product or your service, you know your target market, you know the problems you solve, those initial calls do not need any more research than that because you're just trying to identify and qualify if they have those pains and there's reason to have either a call right now or you know this call leads to a second call. And your productivity goes through the roof. Prospecting is looking, uh, prospecting, remember it goes back to mining. You have to sift a lot of dirt to find the gold. So prospecting is about finding the little nuggets of gold in amongst a lot of dirt. So there's a lot of people I talk to that say they don't need my help, they don't want my help, they're not ready for my help, or they don't think they have a problem, or they're in denial. All those are valid reasons not to continue the conversation. But every now and then, there's a nugget, and the guy says, actually, I do want to talk about that. That's prospecting. It is a numbers game, but it's the only, I want to clarify, it is the only aspect of selling that is a numbers game, prospecting, because you have no control over whether or not someone picks up their phone or answers the phone or responds to a voicemail. It's the only part of selling that's numbers game. Everything else is in your control. 
And what I like about your approach is it's really, I don't want to minimize it. It's really simple. I'm not stressing out about, do I like this person? Will he like me? Um, do I know no. enough? You know, what if he asked me a question? If they like oh, me or not. Uh, well, I mean, fair no enough. No hiring me for hugs and cuddles. I'm not a hooker. <laughs> but if you want to be, you could, because you are that good looking. I just want to make sure you understand. Like Carlsberg, I'd probably be the best. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and and you'd probably only need thirty seconds. So there we go. Um, let's bring it back. Maybe some final thoughts. I'd love yes. to know what do you think a rep needs to be successful and if they don't have these attributes what should they do okay well this i, I gotta give some little nuggets here and this is really important and, and and when i say it it sounds glib and very easy to dismiss but it actually is fundamentally true you are a creature of your programming the programming you have determines uh your uh, beliefs and your beliefs determine your behavior and your actions and most salespeople, in fact, virtually every human being was programmed a certain way when they were growing up. And there are three rules that you were taught as a child that no one ever told you do not apply as a grown-up. And you've taken those with you into the real world. And this is what prevents you from making successful calls. The first thing your mum taught you is never, ever talk to a stranger. No one told you that rule does not apply as a grown-up. So this is why prospecting, you do all your research and procrastinating and avoiding trying to pick up the phone because deep down you're doing something you've been programmed never to do. You're going to talk to a stranger. Second, what were you taught about interrupting busy people? Not to do it. You now have to phone a stranger who's probably busy. So there's this little bit of inside of you. And most salespeople say they find cold calls annoying and an interruption. If that's what you think about cold calls, how are you ever going to make one successfully? So that's two bits of programming that are going to screw you up. And the third one is, is you were programmed to answer questions. And so your biggest fear is, is what if they ask me questions and I don't know the answer to it? So you got three bits of programming that were taught to you as a child to keep you safe as a kid that don't actually apply as a grown-up. But you don't know that because no one's ever given you permission to let go. The moment you let go of those three things, the easier and more successful calls will become. And I'll end on this, a bit of Buddhist guidance. The root of all misery is attachment. Wow. The root of all misery is attachment. Does that apply to my wife? Are you miserable? I love my wife. <laughs> and we suddenly lose the signal for some reason. <laughs> but your point is valid. And it's totally, totally. And, you know, if you're attached to those three elements to go back to your childhood, which we fundamentally all oh. are, yeah, then that your life is going to be miserable. And that's why people don't like the phone. You've, you've actually demystified a lot of the phone for me today, just having this conversation. You've made it so logical. So thank you for that. Hopefully your thank audience you. has gotten value. I think... I mean, how can you not get value, folks? I mean, he's just simplified it all for you. Okay, so I've already encouraged you to go check him out on LinkedIn. And and if nothing yep. else, you know, view some of his posts, you'll get a good chuckle. Uh, watch the video. It's it's a master class. Uh, Benjamin, if they want to get a hold of you, they want to contact you, they want to connect with you, what's the best way to do that? Uh, the best way is uh, LinkedIn. I don't use any other form of social media. Uh, LinkedIn is where I hang out. Um, just uh, connect with me. Um, I don't uh, discriminate against who I connect with. Uh, it could be a CEO down to a, a sales rep or even the janitor of an organization. I don't discriminate. So if you want to connect with me, by all means do. If you think by connecting with me, you can pick my brain for free. You've got another thing coming. 
Uh, you won't. The only free content you'll get is the stuff that I post out deliberately. Any other questions, you got to pay to get the answer to. And every self-respecting salesperson totally gets where you're coming from. So I love that. Benjamin, thank you, thank you so much for your time thank today. Thank you. It was a blast. Uh, in the meantime, folks, we hope you enjoyed today's session. If you did, there's more at InsideInsideSales.com. And then we all we ask is that you like, share, review, and spread the love for the show. Subscribe, please, and get every episode every single time it comes out once a week, every single week, without pause. We are out of here, folks. We wish you a wonderful day. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. You've been listening once again to another episode of Inside, Inside Sales. Hosted by Daryl Prale, the CMO of VanillaSoft. Tune in every other week for actionable ideas to increase your sales productivity. One of the many shows on the ever-growing Funnel Radio Channel. Sponsored by... Vanilla Soft.